When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. It's time for Most Things Kenobi. I prefer all things Kenobi, but I suppose that's not the Jedi way. As long as it's not all things Anakin. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Leanne. And I'm your host, Lauren. And this week we're talking about, well, we're, we're picking our favorite film scores from the Star Wars, the entity that is Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say because there's so many choices and so many media pieces, but Everyone knows that the music, <clears throat> John Williams, is a motherfucking <laughs> genius. And we also like Kevin Kiner. And we also like all the other subsets of, of talented individuals that do music. So what we're going to do today is honor the music by picking our two top musical scores from the films and media and whatever. And I would like to say this is after the main theme because the main theme is everything (laughs) so with this implied that the main theme is our favorite we will then pick two (laughs) that we adore and we'll talk about why and and actually i found a lot of john williams thought process behind how and why he crafted the two individual theme songs that i chose oh cool and it's just it just goes to show that man music drives everything right but there is a mastermind behind it that is like any great meal every tiny piece of this and that that's tossed in has a purpose yeah every ingredient builds to this story <laughs> and i couldn't <laughs> believe the shit that went into thinking and then i re-listened to the songs that i chose after reading about what williams did and i was like oh i told i totally get it that makes yeah it more so i don't know music is a multi-layered beautiful thing it is i wish i knew more music theory like i don't know anything about it even though i came my family does everyone else in my family does but i don't so i can't analyze music the way i do films all i know is that it affects me on an emotional level yes and i've always loved what ridley scott said about scores because people used to say all the time a good music score you don't notice because True. it's just blending in the background and Ridley Scott's like I don't agree with that at all a good score you do notice okay it it affects you on an emotional level it stands out to you and you're like I want to hear that separate from the movie like I want to listen to this and not have the visual distraction it should be something that is engaging on every level and then also works and progresses the story or the emotion of the scene that it's in and 
I've always liked that take because I am a huge soundtrack fan. Like I listen to them all the time. Mm-hmm. And especially like while I'm writing or if I need a mood for when I write, you yeah. know, they, they have more, I would say they're more accessible to me sometimes than like classical music. Yeah. Because I only have a portion of classical music that I particularly like like I really don't like romantic music I don't Mm -hmm. connect with it at all Mm -hmm. and soundtracks are a way for me to get a dose of classical music (laughs) I see I'm not always in the mood to like listen to Mozart while I'm writing or something like that you know so I I like the the storytelling that's in soundtracks even though I know that exists in classical music as well but yeah what's interesting is I am the exact opposite of you. I can't listen to soundtrack music by itself. Number one. Really? I, I, and I definitely cannot listen to classical music. It makes me nervous. And <laughs> I have to have a visual to go with the music. Because so it's too dramatic and, and emotional that I don't like that without having a reason. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> dramatic and emotional. Sometimes without reason. But, like, honestly, if I have to... It gets my emotions too worked up and I need a visual to like counterbalance that somehow. Yeah, so to yeah. me, it's not relaxing. I will listen to like my dream is to go to the presentation of the Lord of the Rings films and have a live orchestra playing oh, the music. Yeah. That's like yeah. my dream. I would love to do that. But I don't sit around casually listening to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, which I'm in love with because I know what's going on. In, and I'm like, I'm nervous because this is happening and it's the same thing. <laughs> I will say I had a visceral reaction to listening to, to my to my two songs that I chose. I had goosebumps for both without yeah. visual. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I, ch- I chose the right ones. <laughs> I think that's part of it, right? Is like if you're having an emotional reaction, then they're doing their job. Yes. I think it's so weird that music can do that. I know, I I feel like music is one of the more bizarre things that humans invented because we have language, you know, we speak. And I heard John O'Donohue once said that music is what language wishes it could be. Yeah, yeah. It's like an an elevated, emotional, nonverbal form of communication. I think that's, it's so interesting. And it's mathematical also. Yeah, yeah. But then there's arguments i don't know if there's any scientific evidence of this but like that music affects us on a hertz level you know that we vibrate at a certain oh sure yeah i've heard this certain music like atonal music is very uncomfortable for us because it might vibrate at a different level than humans vibrate Mm -hmm. i know that Mm -hmm. sounds like really woo woo but there is something to it there's there's a reason why they play a certain megahertz is it megahertz? Is it a certain type of hertz? I'll say hertz. I, I'm not really sure. I'm not a scientist. So well, know. like it's it's like during uh, meditations and spa and mm-hmm. stuff because your body vibrates. Yeah, the energy. It's an energy thing. Uh, yeah. I could talk about this for hours alone. <laughs> well, I mean, if you've ever done like a sound bath, which I know is not everyone is going to have done that, but I love it. If it's at like a certain level, it is so relaxing and it actually like hits into your... It, it shuts down the loud part of my brain and allows Ugh. me to kind of like level down into the meditative I really state. It's, I really do think music affects us. Even if we don't think it does, I think it, it is affecting us, which explains why 
you are uncomfortable with with certain stuff, like certain levels, because it's emotion in vibration, maybe yeah. we could even say. <laughs> I don't God, know. I would love, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, everyone knows I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. I would love to analyze all of those musics, because all of those songs, because those are, the elves have their own theme, and the fellowship has its own theme, and then you get to Gondor, yeah. and the music is as grand as Minas Tirith is and shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> Same with Star Wars, because my two themes are a character's theme song. So mm-hmm. what did you choose? Well, my first one is is from A New Hope, and it's actually not on all the soundtracks now. Oh. Like, if you have the newer soundtracks, this one mm. is maybe embedded in another song it's from the original and it's you can find it on like the limited like special release that came out when we were kids i think is the last time it was like included nice (laughs) um it's tales of a jedi knight and learn about the force so it's kind of like obi-wan's theme yeah but yeah it's it's very much from when he's telling luke about his father and showing him the lightsaber and there's that little cheeky like do 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 kind of yeah, like I'm I'm thinking of it. And then it, there's yes. like there's like a chime in there so it's very magical and there's the emotional oboe in there my sisters and I always say the sad oboe. Sad oboe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the oboe it, carries so much weight. <laughs> it does. It's an important instrument though often overlooked. Mhm. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I've always loved that piece because it is, it sounds like someone telling a story and it has that magic to it and it goes through all these changes. It's actually kind of like a, a dynamic piece and it's I just love it because it's that moment where Luke and Obi-Wan are connecting for the first time and really kind of yeah. establishing that Luke has a bigger destiny than he might have thought. He's not just a moisture farmer anymore. So. It's the culmination of so many years Especially if you listen to it and look at that scene after seeing the Kenobi series and the Clone Wars series and all mm-hmm. this stuff. It's just like, it's really finally being put into play, you know? Yeah. So that's it's pretty magical. I would love to see if Williams pulled anything for the new Obi-Wan theme that he wrote. If he mm-hmm. like pulled mm-hmm. any of those musical themes from either the prequels or the original trilogy for this or for the new piece. Cause I bet I, Like I said... I'm so bad at analyzing music. I I really don't know. But if anyone out there is good at that, maybe they can compare. So what is your first one? Um, My first one is is Leia's theme. And Mm -hmm. I know you love it too. Yes. But Leia's theme will always cause me to cry, no matter when it's played, how long it's played. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And it's played in so many places parts and you recognize it but it's such a subtle it's not this grand heroic theme song that luke gets you know or even han in the millennium falcon and or darth vader and the imperial march which i fucking love but (laughs) i read i went through and read the breakdown of how john williams came to make this song and i think it's really interesting so the first time we hear the song is when she's captured by Darth Vader and it's scored for French horns accompanied by strings. And it says here, the horn is an interesting choice since it's often associated with hunting calls and big heroic passages in late romantic symphonies. 
Here, however, the solo horn's faraway sound floating over shimmering violins suggests solitude and self-doubt in the face of overwhelming odds. Mm. So if you think about that and then you go listen to it, especially in that first part. So the song on the soundtrack starts off very gentle, kind of builds, and then it's full by the end, which a lot of these John Williams songs are, right? Yeah, yeah. But it says here, John Williams set Leia's theme in D minor, a key associated with overachievers and negotiators. <laughs> really? Like how, first of all, I don't know anything about that, but I think that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, but I guess if you speak in the language of music the way that John Williams does, who's created mm-hmm. so many iconic theme songs for movies, he probably has it in his head like, well, this goes with this character and this goes with this theme. And, this, you know, you just become a master at your craft. Yeah. But at the time, Leia's 18. She's the youngest senator ever in the Galactic Empire. But as he developed her theme, he consistently visits the flat side of the key whose instability mm. underlines the other important facet of Leia's character. She's the film's romantic lead. So behind her tough exterior, there's still a human there who, you know, has desires, emotions, other than, you know, what the job requires. So he tried to wrap mm. all of that together. <laughs> and I think That's he did it so splendidly. Because it's it's soft, and then it's strong, and then it's... I just... It's just like Leia. I just love it. And there's always this kind of slight undertone of either sadness, sadness or vulnerability yeah. vulnerability mm-hmm. there that is leia i mean she perseveres in spite of her heartbreak you know yes. i mean her whole planet was destroyed i just ah oh, i'm so like you every time i hear this theme i cry especially when it appeared in the kenobi series that oh, fuck. i was not expecting it and me it neither. undid me i was yeah. destroyed In fact, Leia's theme shows up so often, it's only in Empire Strikes Back twice. Mm -hmm. So it's when Han Solo tells her he has to settle his debt with Jabba and he has to leave. And it's kind of wrapped into Han Solo and the princess, which is a different score altogether. And Mm -hmm. then at the very end, when she like reaches out to Luke and they have that moment and he Mm -hmm. they rescue him. Yes. I love that so much because that's the point where they zoom in on her face, their force bond is is there. I, I just, I fucking love it. But then it's yeah. in Return of the Jedi, of course. It's in Revenge of the Sith when Bail is talking to Obi-Wan and says he'll adopt the girl. Oh, it is? Oh. Yes. And then when they're like holding her on yes. Alderaan, it plays again. Oh my God. And then it's in the Clone Wars, in the episode Assassin, when Padme and Ahsoka go to Alderaan. Which, remember that we get we finally got to see Alderaan in the series? Yes, yes. And like Ahsoka standing on the balcony and Padme comes out to like talk to her or something and it's so pretty. Oh, how interesting. I didn't remember that was played like Leia's theme because Clone Wars are always so careful to not over reference. Oh, these are just they're snippets. It's not yeah. it, you either catch it or you don't, you know? It's like one of those things. Yeah, yeah. It's in The Force Awakens, obviously when we first see Leia again. Yeah. The first four notes of the theme play in Rogue One when Bale and Mon Mothra are talking and Bale speaks indirectly about Leia, which is so tough. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. It plays in The Last Jedi. And then, of course, when she passes away and it's her funeral on the Rise of Skywalker. It's very I like sad. couldn't. I couldn't handle that scene. I was in a place in my life where that was the last thing I needed was for them to then kill off Leia. And when R2 was there, 
That was, like, I'm getting chills talking about it. I fucking love this theme because it follows her. It follows her story. And actually, to wrap this up, the song accompanied Carrie Fisher's walk out onto the stage when they did the George Lucas roast in 2009. (laughs) So they had it playing when she came out on stage, which I think is insanely appropriate. So... That roast is so funny. It is. Oh my God. It it's is, crazy. It's so good. That one, it never fails. It never fails. That was, of course, on my favorites list, but. Oh we, yeah. We have so many that we love. I was like, you take that one, I'll find another yeah, one. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I wanted to spend some time talking about it because I think everyone knows it. Everyone yeah. has at least got watery eyes listening to <laughs> yes. it. So it's it's obviously, I mean, John Williams, man, he knows what he's doing. So the key is in D major with gentle flow and straight eighth feeling. I don't know what any of that means, but I love the top. I love I love how it sounds. <laughs> Mom, to ask my parents, please to explain because I don't understand. <laughs> it's just great. I love that you found that information because I, I didn't even think to look up if there was notes for what it's worth i got these notes from a musical composer who has a website that analyzes classic movie scores so he knows what he's doing he he had pieces of the music with the bars and the notes and explained i mean it was was really in depth so i just pulled you know (laughs) stuff that's easily digestible to us peons (laughs) (laughs) right it's in our language for the simple people here so what is your next one? So my next one, I'm straying from John Williams. Okay. There's really, it's one piece. There are really two pieces, but they're kind of back to back in the film um, in Rogue One. And that score is by Michael Giacchino. And mm. holy shit, is it good? Which one is it? Okay. So the piece is Your Father Would Be Proud of You. Oh. And that oh. follows into the Jin Erso and Hope Suite, which is, runs through the credits. So it's. It's basically, God. yeah, oh, I know. God. I I cannot listen to these pieces without crying. And I cannot watch these scenes in the movie without crying. And I think that it's because of the music and the editing. And it basically starts, the your father would be proud of you, starts on the Citadel Tower. And as Jin and Cassian are getting back in the elevator and go down to the beach and plays all the way up to when Vader appears on the ship so it encompasses like Jenny Cassian dying and all of the rebellion ships basically getting mm-hmm. destroyed and blown up and then it becomes quiet right as they die and then yeah they, they pull away and show the whole planet and it's quiet and gentle and it's just That's like right. so painful and so beautiful it encompasses all the characters' sacrifices. Are you getting goosebumps? I have goosebumps. <laughs> I think it's most powerful when they pull away from the planet and you see the absolute destruction from above and there's nothing yes. anyone can do. You literally yeah. just have to sit there. Like, yes. uh, what's his name in the ship? May the force oh, be that. with you. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. That I'm literally getting goosebumps I know. thinking about that. Goosebumps. Because uh, he's a monk calamari. Why can't I remember yeah. his name? Yeah, Raddus? It's, it's Admiral Raddus, something like that, I think. Okay. And oh. he realizes that there's nothing they can do anymore for anyone on the surface. And he says, may the force be with you. And it's just like, you know, they're going to die and there's no yeah. saving them. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> but I love 
this music because it's a departure from John Williams, but still like honors John Williams oh, and his yeah. kind of I mean, score it's, writing. It's powerful. That whole scene. Yeah. Oh, it. I mean, it's befitting to the end of two incredibly powerful people doing an incredibly heroic action. And yeah. the title of it alone. I know. <laughs> sums up like Jin's ultimate life thing, you know? <laughs> Actually, it could also mean, I know it's for Jin, but now that we have seen Andor, Andor's father would have been proud of him too. Oh my God, my heart. <laughs> there are pieces from Andor with titles that mirror what's in Rogue One. And the whole idea that your father would be proud of you is also the last thing Cassian says to Jin and like, Make sure that she knows that because he never received it. Like, I, ah, ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> you know, it's well, I guess maybe he did receive it. He gives that to Jin the way Brasso gave that to him. You know, it's yeah. just like, oh, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> it's so good music, man. I'm telling you. I know. It conveys what words can't. It's true. It really is true. I really love Michael Giacchino. He has written some really cool scores. He actually started by doing the Medal of Honor video game music, which I freaking love. I used to play Medal of Honor all the time on my computer. (laughs) And I've always loved the music from it. And I heard him interviewed on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and he was talking about Rogue One, but how he started in video games doing Medal of Honor, and he was, like, ready when they came to him for Rogue One. He was like, this is my thing. Like, I can do it. I know I can do it because I've got this background where I have to kind of take my music and apply it to a theme that is not necessarily my language. And he was like, I can do it. I can do the John Williams thing. I can do the Star Wars thing. That That is really cool. And by then, he'd already won an Oscar for Up, which, if you've ever seen Up, will instantly make you cry. (laughs) Oh, my God, that movie. It's so good. It's the one I've only watched once, because I cannot. Me, too. I can't. The first 10 minutes, I was a mess, and I was like, I don't think I could ever watch this again. No, that was, oh, it's, yeah. It's so good. Oh, man. Yeah. So that and then the Hope Suite, which is just, it takes a lot of the themes from Your Father Would Be Proud, but it also has this soft, beautiful violin at the beginning. It's just absolutely stunning music. And mm-hmm. yeah. I love and he it. also did that one? Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. perfect. Kudos to him. Those are good. Those are big boots to fill with John Williams to take something that is new but adjacent, you know, to mm-hmm. the thing that existed, which is what the whole movie is. I feel like that movie just accomplished. I know it had a lot of trouble and bumps along the way, but it is a masterful piece of work, honestly. Yeah. Yes. 100%. So what is your next one? My next one is Ray's theme. Oh, I love Ray's theme. I just love it. I think it's... Every time I hear it, I feel a little bit of joy. And mm-hmm. there's such hope in her song, especially yeah. as you're getting to know her in a force in The Force Awakens. And then I read the breakdown. In fact, John Williams has a quote himself when describing what he went into when making this song. He says, mm-hmm. quote, Ray, her theme has a musical grammar that is not heroic and a sense of a hero's theme. 
It's kind of an adventure theme that maybe promises more than resolving itself in the more major triumphant resolutions. When we first meet her, she's been alone. She's been without her parents. I felt a lot of empathy for that girl. And I think Ray's theme needs to illustrate that. Hmm. Yes, empathy and playfulness. Playfulness, because it starts out with that dun dun dun, mm-hmm. dun dun, and it's and it's. Uh, let me see here. It starts off with a bit of whimsy, a soft, chiming melody that soon grows into a flowing theme with strings and woodwinds, and the melody tells us several things: that Ray is young and idealistic, much like Luke, but also she has her own inner strength even before she starts to use the Force. The former is heard in the opening part of the theme and the inner strength is is revealed when the strings come in, pushing the theme to new heights. And honestly, I completely agree because it starts off kind of innocent and whimsical. And I mean, whimsy is the word. Yes. I'm like nodding so hard. (laughs) (laughs) And it's first heard when she comes out of the Star Destroyer, but then... That's in A Force Awakens, but then you hear it like when she's sliding down the sand to go into yes. Luke's old home. Mm-hmm. And and like she's still kind of like a kid. It's It's got that youthful playfulness that like Luke had when he first began his journey. Yeah. And Ray also has that, but then it builds. And there's like a promise of something because it's so strong in the end. And, and Star Wars is known for the horns, right? Horns, right, strong yes. horns. And so <laughs> she's got that strong horn sound at the end of this. And it makes me like, yeah, go, Ray. Yeah. You know? Yeah. From child to prodigy. <laughs> exactly. She's going on a big arc. And this is just the beginning. I. God, that's so smart. I love that the music is a reflection of the character's full, like, journey. Yeah. That's so cool. 100%. And I, I fell in love with Ray's theme. It doesn't move me the way that Leia's theme does because I'm so absolutely in love and vested in Leia's character since I was a small kid. But yeah. I love Ray's because it takes me kind of, like, on this journey, and it's so playful, but then it's, like, yeah. so strong. and. I want to be that. I want to be playful and strong. <laughs> I want to go on an adventure. <laughs> I remember it sticking out to me immediately. Yes. Because it's, again, not like any of the other characters' themes. It really isn't. It isn't. The beginning of it is so unique. I don't know anyone else's theme that starts with, like, that little chimey. I would, I would even argue it's closer to Harry Potter. <laughs> A little bit. And I can see that. Sense. Because he did that music, too, at least up until the fifth movie. And it has that, like, chime, magic, whimsy. Yeah. Yeah. It implies to me that Ray is a little more of, like, hidden magic. She mm-hmm. has more magic and strength in her than even she realizes. I love her song. I love how they did it. I love the different variations it goes through. All the yeah. way up until the end. And I really do like Ray as a character. So I do too. that was my second one. Do you have any honorable mentions? Well, speaking of Rise of Skywalker, I I really, really love the main theme of Star Wars. You know, the what, what is the actual name of it? Because I know it's the Force theme or... I think it's just... <laughs> That's a good question. You know, the one. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That one. <laughs> god damn it i i associate it with luke's theme and in fact mark hamill said hey so like when do i get a theme song and they looked at him and said luke 
the main theme is your theme song. And he's like, oh. Yeah. And that's why I got, like, a little bit cranky when they started using it for other people. I was like, ah, uh, that's that's for that character. Like, it yeah. was said in the 70s. It's just called main title. It's Star Wars main title. Okay. So if you take the main title and you think to the end of The Rise of Skywalker when Rey is, she has the two sabers, the Luke and Leia sabers connected in an X, and she's forcing the, the lightning back on Palpatine, that theme is played in a different key. It's like higher Mm -hmm. and it makes it so much more dramatic and it's like the culmination (laughs) i i mean they went all out on that and i i guess i just love that moment in that song yeah yeah because it's it's just so like shit i was a mess when i was watching that but (laughs) it's so powerful it really is but i love i love the imperial march for for no reason because other than it's fucking awesome (laughs) it is awesome (laughs) i mean shit if i could wear a cape and it was socially acceptable to do so i would walk around and just play it and wear it with my cape (laughs) i love that so much (laughs) how about you what's your honorable mentions mine is um from andor because i love the andor soundtrack and i think nicholas bertel is a fucking genius he did a great job it is so good and so odd, and I love that about it. It's like this weird mix of like kind of Blade Runner music, and mm-hmm. but the one that really, really affects me is "Your Mother Is Dead," and oh. that oh. scene in particular as well. And it's totally different than all the other pieces. It's only mm. strings for the most part. I think it's very emotional, and it is absolutely beautiful and instantly gut-wrenching at the same time oh yeah well that scene is hard enough and then you add that kind of perfect music on top i know and the the way the scene is played it's so internal like andor finds out and his face just kind of goes blank and then he goes back and talks to Melshi and then Melshi is kind of like talking to him and Cassian's giving him one word answers and Melshi leaves and Cassian just stands there staring at the ocean realizing like he is alone now Mm -hmm. and it's so it's that parallel of then at the end of Rogue One where he's on the beach with Jin and it's just like oh it's so good and I love the way Diego Luna plays the scene because it's like so restrained but you can tell he's very deeply affected and I heard him interviewed and he was saying that they played the song on set and he had to ask them to stop eventually because he was like, oh. I can't keep, like, it's too emotional. Like, it's making too much because his own mother passed away and he oh, even no. said, like, Mom, I'll talk to you later. Like, you have to turn this music off. Like, I can't keep bringing this real feeling. It's, like, too devastating. Wow. Yeah, so it was, I just think it's a very powerful piece, and I have used it to write a few scenes, but again, like, you cry while you listen to it. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be, mm-hmm. be careful if you listen to it too much. You'll just sit there sobbing all day long. But I think it's, a, I don't know, another example of how powerful music can be. Totally. It's very, very subtle, just like the scene is, but, like, very deep emotion going on with the whole whole thing so i don't know i loved it <laughs> i have to go back and listen to that one i'll probably it cry was <laughs> my most listened to song for all of 2023 apparently what really because yeah my spotify like 
you know, oh, whatever yeah. they call it. Yeah, yeah. The wrapped. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Spotify wrapped. <laughs> it was <laughs> because I wrote to it. Like there was a, a couple of days where I wrote to it, but I have it turned like way, way down, just almost kind of like meditative. So it's just on a loop. Mm-hmm. And I don't actually listen to it. It's just like so my mind doesn't wander off. And yeah. uh, I think that was part of it. But also, like, it was exactly the emotion I was looking for for what I was trying to write. So it's so fucking good. And I just love Nicholas Bertel. Like, I've started to listen to some of his other scores. He is capable of so many styles. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said the first thing he wrote for Andor was the thing that the tower clock guy plays oh no way yeah Yeah. i love that guy yeah he said that was one of the first things he takes his job very seriously (laughs) i love him he's the secret hero in andor yeah and then he like knocks the guy off he like just bam out of the way and you see the long shot of this he just flies out of the yep that's it Oh, that was so good. Who said Andor's all depressing? Not us. Yeah, that part's funny, and there's like one other part that's kind of funny. You know who I was randomly thinking about from Andor the other day? Don't ask me mm. why, it just was. <laughs> that giant alien. You know the guy that wanted him wanted Cassian to pay him back and he brought like his, yes, his that's alien. That's the other friend? guy I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yes. The, the, the one that just stood there and looked, and, and he's like, you're supposed to be doing more. And he's like, what? I'm, I'm just standing <laughs> told me here. to you just know, stand be- here. Yeah, exactly. I love him. I was thinking I about too. him the other day. <laughs> I love that Cassian's like, you need money bad enough that you're going to do this? Like, yeah. what the hell's wrong with you? I, I just, I really, I want more of that character. I hope he made it I out do, of, of that place. Okay. <laughs> I know, that is the only other funny part I was thinking of, actually. Oh, well, there you go. I liked him. Anywho. Man, we could go on and on about these songs for days. Yeah. We didn't even cover ha- any of the Clone Wars. I Shit, ah- Ahsoka leaving? That whole score could just be its own episode. <laughs> My God. And even the Ahsoka theme from the new show is yeah, so yeah. good. It's I very beautiful. Yep. They nailed it. They nailed the soundtrack for that show. Yeah. I had emotional reactions to the music in some scenes more so than I did the characters. Yes, me too. I don't know. Yeah. The reason I felt something during that show was the music, not the performances sometimes. But Kevin Kiner's awesome. We saw him at Celebration. Not Celebration. um, Comic-Con. The first year you and I went. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I like that Filoni gives him spotlight. You Absolutely. Know? He should. He carried seven seasons and then some. <laughs> like I know. And like season seven, like the Mandalore arc, the music from that was insane. It's so, it's so good. It's it's honestly, it's an ode to the original scores, but it's also his own. It's very Star Wars-y. The arcs would have different moods sometimes. They would, he yeah. Would- there is one that is fucking bizarre. <laughs> Which one? It's the one where, in season one, where R2 is lost and Anakin's trying oh, to find yeah. him and they have yeah, that yeah. other R unit that's like a spy. Yeah. The music is like, I don't even know. It's like something you'd hear in a European club. <laughs> Interesting. I would have to go back and listen. Yeah, it's more like a thriller 
it it was very bizarre. It really stood out to me as like, uh, that's weird. Elec- <laughs> electronic music for an electronic droid, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, we could do a whole episode on each each of these composers, honestly. Well, we're going to come back to this topic because there's just too much good music to talk about. Yeah. These, these just happen to be our favorites off the top of our head. Our question to you for this week is, what is your favorite score from Star Wars? Any, any faction of Star Wars. <laughs> Let us know and tell us why, because we're curious. We may cover it in our next installment of this type of episode. Join us back here next week. We are going to dive into another Clone Wars arc. We are going to talk about some Ventress starting next week. We're going to do an arc that features Ventress and the Night Sisters, starting with the episode called Night Sisters. So that will be kind of different and, I think, fun to kind yeah. of venture into a different character in one of these arcs. So join us back here for that. And thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. We appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for your support. If you'd like to support the podcast and become a patron, head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. As always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy the podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need one place to find all of these, head over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>